podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. What's up, Maridistas? This is Kian Sabani coming at you on a Friday. I wanted to hit you guys with a free clip. Try to do these as much as possible. And what you're about to listen to is taken from Wednesday night's Emergency Jude Bellingham podcast. So the day he was officially signed, sealed, and delivered, it was a long time coming. Sid Hartram Sundar and I jumped on Zoom with a bunch of our patrons live. And we recorded for one hour and a half talking about everything. Where Bellingham fits. Who does it affect the most? Tactical variations you can use with him. Um, and then also... Q&A at the end and a lot of discussion on under-the-radar backup striker options that uh, we could look at if we don't get Harry Kane. That's all in the full episode. You can click on the show notes and then click on the full episode one hour and a half and go there. Become a patron ASAP because you're missing out a ton of content if you're not in there. Also, Houston, we're coming. So if you're in Texas... You're in luck because we are following Real Madrid in both Dallas and Houston. The Houston show is confirmed July 27th, 7 p.m. If you want to book your spot, you need to do that before July 1st because prices go up by $20 if you don't book by uh, by July 1st. So go do that if you're in Houston. Come see us. And then uh, Dallas and Los Angeles, we're hoping to finalize those shows uh, pretty soon too. The Dallas one I think we're going to do on July 30th. Uh, so you can kind of tentatively save the date for that one, and we'll have details soon. In Los Angeles, we've almost got that finalized as well. All right, thanks for listening to this, guys. Enjoy the clip. Oh, might as well introduce it too. It's about how Bellingham kind of compares to Kamavinga and Modric in different ways, and uh, also how you might play with Bellingham, like kind of different ways you can play with him and whether or not it will force Ancelotti's hand to play a more aggressive attacking team with Bellingham's arrival. All right. Thanks, guys. Enjoy it. Let's go. But also just the fact that Bellingham literally is a prototypical midfielder for this day and age, like 2023, the way football is moving, modern football. Everyone needs to be able to do everything. So you're starting to lose the one-dimensional specialist. Their place in football is not as as guaranteed as it once was, like in the 90s and early 2000s. You look at the players we signed, the profiles we've signed. Everything you read about Bellingham, everything you see about Bellingham, everything that is said about Bellingham, the numbers about Bellingham, everything about him, screams a lot of Eduardo Camavinga to me. We'll start from the top. Beyond his age, way more mature than most players his age from a tactical understanding standpoint, but also a technical standpoint, leadership standpoint, um, ahead of his pack, ahead of the pack for his age. He is a player that can do a bit of everything. Kind of like Kamavinga in the sense that we argue a lot about, I don't mean argues about what, but we talk a lot about what is his best position, where he should play. We disagree on some aspects of it, but in the end, we are unanimously in agreement that Kamavinga just have him on the field. Bellingham's a lot, a lot of that same kind of um, profile to me in the sense that you got he can impact the game from anywhere on the pitch. He can play behind the striker. He can play as a single 10. He can play as an 8, a 6. He can play in a, in a double 10 role as one of the 10s. He can drop deep. He can defend. He covers a lot of ground like Modric. He's a good dribbler. He can bring goals from midfield. So... We can, we're going to sit and talk a lot this season about who should play where and what should the lineups be. 
I remember saying this back, you know, a few weeks ago. <clears throat> Any combination works, man. Fede, Kamavinga, Chiumeni works. Chiumeni, Kamavinga, um, Bellingham works. You want to have Bellingham as the fourth midfielder, as the most advanced, it works. So we're talking about a player who, you know, moves in that direction of where modern football is going and fits as the prototypical box-to-box midfielder. The other thing I'll say is that um, my stance has been from the beginning and continues to be Bellingham was not a priority signing. He is not someone that is urgently going to like he doesn't fill an urgent need, like a right back position or a, a superstar striker. But he's one of those players, despite not being at the very, very top of the prior list, one year, two year, five years, 10 years from now, you can look back on like, damn, I'm so glad we signed him. Because it would have been really tough to miss out on him, especially given the fact that um, even though it doesn't feel like a real thing right now in this moment, because we don't know if necessarily if Modric and Cruz are going to be here, but let's say Modric and Cruz do stay, Modric and Cruz are still very, very close to not being here. And and you need to plan for that. That succession needs to be in place. And Bellingham's the best like available player, I think, for, for the midfield. Yeah, um, you're right about the modern style of football. That's where, you know, and I, you're right about all the combos. Actually, honestly, my main impression with this, everything you're saying is accurate. I just think the way football has changed, I don't think just signing Bellingham is enough to win five Champions Leagues in the next 10 years. And Whereas a decade ago, we signed Cruz and Modric and we put up those 90-point league seasons and we won Champions League after Champions League. I don't know if any combo those three is going to help us churn out wins in the league without some help from the coach. But with that said, it is a very, very interchangeable three. Um, Jude just brings a bite. Uh, the same way I agree about the Camavinga comparisons because very few players pop out so much statistically at such a young age. Pedri does. Camavinga did when he was 16. Camavinga was in the 95th percentile for tackles and defensive actions. Jude Bellingham at a young age has always been in the highest percentile for defensive actions. So that rare combo in Camavinga's case, it was progressive dribbling and tackling. And in Bellingham's case, it seems to be progressive dribbling, goal scoring and tackling. And yeah, I'm with you. It's crazy. I don't think it's just going to be as decisive as a Modric signing was 10 years ago because I think the way the game is changing, even if you put the most technical and physical players out there, as we saw with the Man City tie, a team that's really well-coordinated can't beat them. But it is going to be amazing. I'm excited to watch Jude Cook. I just hope he um, gets the platform to get as much success as his predecessors. Um, I also just love, I mean, you mentioned quickly his verticality. Um, I mean, that's part of like the direct nature of which he plays with um, is is really exciting to have on the team. Because again, it's not it's not just like those box to box midfielders that we have. He he fits in and meshes well with that. I mean, I even think in players like Rodrigo and Vinicius, I think it suits their game as well in, in terms of getting the ball up the field. I also think it. If you know, with players like him and players like Kamavinga and Rodrigo, etc., you can start playing with different brands of football because um, all these guys are incredibly um, intelligent, but they're also gifted technically and really strong. I mean, these guys are players you can press high with aggressively and sustain it with energy levels. Not You also have depth now to sustain it. 
So <clears throat> it it's it'll be interesting to see how Carlo Ancelotti uses him and how the surrounding pieces fit. Again, like we can kind of sit here and get into the nitty gritty details of who plays where and what and who gets benched. And in the end, it kind of will be irrelevant at this point of of the summer. It's not even summer yet. Like we we don't even. I do really think Modric is down. I think Mod- I I actually think. Modric, I'd be surprised if Modric plays much over Bellingham. Like, minutes-wise, I would expect Bellingham to just start eating away most of those minutes. Well, the thing is, I'm going to go out on a limb and say something that is really obvious, that you can't sign Bellingham and not start him, right? We did say something of, like of that nature about Chiumeni, too. Kamalvinga, we were a little bit like, okay, this guy is not going to start right away. You know, he kind of, and I'm talking about too many. We said this when Casemiro was sold. <clears throat> With Kamavinga, we were kind of like, okay, we baby step it. I don't think he starts right away. Bellingham is like non-negotiable. You cannot bench him. So I'm really curious to see what Ancelotti opts for because Kamavinga, to me, played himself into a role where he's an undisputed starter. So if you got Kamavinga and Bellingham, I think there's a couple of players who also he'll compete with. You and I talked about how he'll compete with Rodrigo, even if indirectly, because they don't, they're not the exact same kind of player. Obviously, Rodrigo is a different player to Bellingham uh, stylistically, no question. But just the fact that Bellingham can play as a third attacker, like he can, and and given that he is an indisputable starter, I think that will compete with Rodrigo. The other one I think he'll compete with naturally is Fede, because Fede uh, had quite a bit of a dip informed this season. Obviously, I'm not saying that that's going to continue over to next season, but I'm just saying that he's going to have to fight for a spot. And uh, I don't think that's going to be guaranteed to him next year. I all, I will also say that we should leave room for the fact that maybe next year there will be a little bit of an uptick in performances from the players who did have a dip in the World Cup because historically speaking, since the dawn of time, there has always been a post-World Cup dip for for players coming back. So, I expect some of that to normalize next year. I don't know who misses out, but I think kind of like the Fede Rodrigo guys will have to compete for that spot too. And I don't know, Ancelotti will have to bench one of Modric and Cruz if they both stay. So it'll be interesting how that shakes out. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, Bellingham is also known to be a pretty big personality, like a very, very big personality is what I've heard. Uh, Views himself in very high light. And, you know, the, the he's asked who the best player was. He said Zidane. I don't think that was, maybe it was an honest response, but it was definitely a response for PR as far as just direct comparisons between him and a former Real Madrid midfielder who was a legendary goal scorer in key moments. And that's the light he views himself in. I'm a great player. And I guess that's where I think Chuameni, he's coming in trying to replace Casemiro at the sixth spot. The sixth spot historically in football is known as one where you need a lot of brains to be able to play it. It's not, especially the last decade, the way it's changed. Whereas Bellingham's coming in, playing in a more creative role, it's not as much of a role that needs to be learned. It's a role where you need to be more of a protagonist. And that's where I'm interested to see because I'm not convinced Modric or Fede actually add more against La Liga deep blocks anymore at all. I'm I just feel like we lack a lot against deep blocks and I expect him to fill in that gap. And that's why I expect him to start. Whereas Chuameni, our problem against deep blocks, he did help a lot as far as his press resistance goes, 
it's just by the end of the season with La Liga just gone and with Camavinga starting to play well, I think Carlo's like, it's okay if we keep you out of the rotation for a few months. So the team context is really different. And I, I agree that Chuameni could have played more this last year. I'm pretty surprised looking back on the year, how little he played. But yeah, that's where I see a difference. I see, I am excited to see the extent to which he shows this though. Like technically speaking, there's no profile like him in this squad. Like we're missing a piece like that. So I'm curious to see almost whether the environment of Real Madrid prevents him the way it prevented Chuameni from cementing his place and really flourishing his first season. I'm just curious to see what that dynamic is because it's not a bad thing if he doesn't play his first season. That's really what I'm saying. It's not the end of the world. It just kind of speaks to how the team context plays out. And with this being maybe Modric's last season, I'm just curious to see how the coaching staff err on, like there's a world where you give the vets a few too many minutes and you err on the side of giving Bellingham too few. There's a world where you give Bellingham all the minutes and he repays you. And all those scenarios are on the table, I think, going into the season. There's a world where maybe he's the reason you go win the Champions League and you win La Liga. Well, I also think given the fact that the offer we gave him from a salary perspective is lower than what he would have gotten in the Premier League. And I imagine a lot of the pitch to him was the vision and the future and his role. And that, and that's part of, apart from the fact that he's already one of the best midfielders in the world, I think part of the reason he, you know, I'm, I'd be skeptical if he had few minutes, as you put it, is because of the role he's probably promised for, for coming here. Um, you mentioned, you know, his ability to low, to break low blocks and, you know, he, he could do that better than maybe some of the veterans in the squad right now, at least on a consistent basis. I think the cool thing about him is that he allows you to play multiple different schemes because he's so versatile. If you want to play an aggressive scheme where you bring the line higher, you, you play a pressing blueprint and you want to overwhelm your opponent or you're, play, or you're facing just a low block and you need incisiveness. Something we haven't mentioned about Bellingham yet is that he's a really great dribbler. First in the Bundesliga this season, successful take-ons. Uh, in addition to also being third in passes into the final third, second in progressive passes. So his incisiveness is there for all to see. So as, as a player, you want to have, you know, just to have someone to help break low blocks. He fits that profile. But if you also wanted to play a deeper role, a deeper, you know, maybe a more conservative scheme, he can play that role as well because he has a high defensive IQ. He works really hard. He can track, he can press, he can do all that. And again, this goes back to, I we did a preliminary scattering reports of sort last summer. So like pretty much almost a year ago. And one of the things I remember noting was that it's impossible to replace Luka Modric's profile because he's arguably the greatest central midfielder of all time. And he does so much on the field. Like, uh, you know, the, I think the difference between like, for example, someone like him or between like Iniesta and Xavi, for example, is that Modric did so much defensive coverage and wasn't just a genius on the ball. Like you look at the three P team, we talk about the importance of Casemiro holding that team together. There were so many games under the Zidane era where Casemiro was like playing a striker as a striker. He's like in the box. Modric is the guy like sprinting as the last man black. So like Modric held that team together quite a bit. 
And I just remember noting at that time, you can't replace Modric, but from a pro, uh, like a profile standpoint, Bellingham actually has the ability to cover that ground on defense. So my point in all this is that he can actually allow you to play multiple different schemes. You want to play conservative. You need someone to track. You need someone to break the low blocks. You need to do whatever. He can do that. But I think it would be a kind of a shame if you didn't take advantage of Bellingham's strengths and didn't play a more aggressive attacking team. Partly because I also believe that Bellingham is better higher up the pitch, like in terms of like his best, best role, like where he can really do damage. I I do want to go back to the, this point about, you know, the signing, signing Bellingham and, what it means tactically and will he, is he like a, a player that will transcend maybe some of the tactical holes in the chaos? Uh, I want to make it a point about, I think sometimes we undervalue Ancelotti's tactical brain and also what David also brings to the table as the assistant. And I think it's important to point out that Ancelotti in fourteen fifteen was a completely different style of football. If you remember, right. Um, and I think it really depends on who he has in the squad to be able to play a certain brand of football. So again, we made this point before. In 14-15, it was James and Isco and Cruz and Modric all playing at a high level, high energy, high pressing, very close proximity to each other, short passing triangles, it was way different than what we've seen in the past year where it was predictable Vinicius Jr. gets the ball versus 800 defenders. And, you know, I think some that like he adjusted to that a little bit midseason by introducing Rodrigo into the starting lineup, which helped a lot. I think Kamavinga also at left back helped a lot offensively. But it's, but I think he, he felt whether that was right or wrong. And I think it, you know, we can say it, he should have dealt with the better, you know, kind of knowing how the season went and also his his unwavering reliance on Cruz and Modric. He felt that he had to play that way with the group of players he had. So how much does that change with Bellingham? And how, how much does that, one, force his hand to change his style of play, but also, also empowers him to go back to like a certain, like a 14, 15 brand of football. I think that's, he has to be given the benefit of the doubt on that aspect of it. I'm with you there. And I think that's where the Bellingham signing is interesting because now we have an opportunity to stop playing in this identity crisis mode. We were at the end of last season between two generations, between two styles where we were regressing, but beating Barcelona 4-0 by using Cruz Modric. And it was convincing us to continue with the same style I hope that changes. And if that does, I think the Bellingham signing will be a success from day one because this team is in need of more of a dynamic shift than just not relying on Kareem. And I think last season we shot, saw the shift from Kareem to Vinny. But because of the way the season ended with Casemiro not there, Camavinga playing at left back and DM, we didn't quite get to see what the next midfield would look like. At points, we got glimpses. I just hope from day one this summer, Carlo does what he did the first season where he kind of changes the old guard out and he empowers someone young. I hope, and I would go beyond hope. I think that's the expectation. And that's where I'm excited because 
it doesn't make sense for Carlo to go back to what he was doing last season. And two seasons ago is out of the question. That team was not even close to the same. Uh, but would you say that raises expectations then, Kian? Do you, are we going to go into the season expecting, like last year, we pretty much agreed that we probably won't win the league going into the year. Is that how you're going to view the season? Or do you think it's going to see more week-to-week consistency? No, I mean, why, why are you so skeptical about the upcoming season? I'm confused. Because we lost Kareem Benzema, and I've yeah. seen how this team looks without him. And I know we were way better without him last year. But I'm, I guess having seen how the system works, I'm not so convinced a central midfielder comes in and adds like 15, 20 goals and like keeps it going. I'm, I expect growing pains, like a couple of draws early in La Liga where we're trying to figure it out. But maybe it works. It's just... um it's something new and there have been times when we've tried new things and they've backfired badly. Of course, if Harry Kane joins, I am confident again, but we are talking about Karim Benzema leaving. It's almost different to Ronaldo leaving. When Ronaldo left, we lost the box presence. Now we're losing the box presence. That's also a calming midfield presence when you need it. It's a little different. And I'm curious to see what that plays out is. And I'm really disappointed with, some of the tactics in the league last year. I think that's what it comes down to. I think we had halves that we were really good when he played all the young players and we wouldn't always finish their chances, but we'd also have halves where it didn't make sense, where we're just pushing, where we're not patient enough. And I am starting to see with the way City played this last year, I am a little convinced that you need a chess master who kind of lets you slow the game down. I'm, you do. You should always be able to play fast, but if you can't control the game when it's played at a slower pace, whether that's in a block or a slower possession, I feel like you end up expending extra energy just going up and down. And that's where tactically I'm concerned with Cruz and Modric even older. I'm not sure if the talents and the coaching level is good enough, honestly. Um, there's like an intersection of coaching and players that sees you reach a certain level. And with that, with Benzema leaving, we may lose our floor. And I just don't take it for granted that you put good players together and you win 93 points like you did last decade. That's really what it comes down to. Sports Social Podcast Network.